Welcome, guys, to CBuzz, the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's award-winning podcast and also Columbus's first business-focused podcast. Our show was presented by the Columbus Chamber of Commerce and Capital University. My name is Michaela Hunt. I'm a brand journalist and your host for CBuzz, where we bring you unique and impactful stories directly from leaders right here in our own Central Ohio business community. We're coming to you from our home at Capital University's Convergent Media Center, which really, if you haven't experienced it is a collaborative space for students and faculty to study music, film, creative writing, and digital media. Lots of cool stuff here, and we're excited to tell incredible stories through this platform. Today, we're sitting down with Kevin Lloyd, founder of Lloyd's of Columbus, LLC, ColumbusBlack.com, co-founder of Mile, Make Your Life Entertaining, co-founder of Venture Suite, Color Coded Labs, and the Ohio Collective. Kevin has acquired a reputation for establishing strong brands and innovative marketing campaigns by leveraging lifestyle-based marketing, social media, and event activation engagement strategies. Kevin Lloyd, what do you not do? <laughs> they say I don't rest enough. That's what that's what I don't do enough of. That's what I'm going to say, too, after reading that intro. Great to have you with us today. Thank you for sitting down and letting us take a peek inside your brain and your schedule. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Excited to be here, especially with you today. We have a lot to talk about in this episode. So let's start off kind of in addition to your role as creator of ColumbusBlack.com. We'll get there as well. But you're very involved in many other businesses, such as Mile, which I just mentioned, Venture Suite co-founder, and Black Hack. Know the guys over there. Fantastic guys. How do you balance this all and, and maintain your active, professional, personal, and community commitments? How do you make it all work? Yeah, so it's it really is a juggle. Um, but I'll tell you what the key is, is really people, right? You just mentioned, you know, my fellas and my partners at Black Hack, so Brandon and Bruce Jones, um, with Color Coder Labs, Doug um, McCullough is the CEO. Um, and with my, my other business, was a Columbus Black. We've built a team, and then my wife is my co-founder with Mile. So it really is not just me doing all the work, right? We all know from a leadership standpoint, you have to have a great team in order to achieve your goals. So that's how I'm able to manage that side of it is through the team. And then my admin, Tam, <laughs> keeps everything under control, right? So it comes down to our schedule, priorities, and just keeping everything in check based off what's most important. So it helps you prior- you pr- help her priority prioritize, I should say, and delegate. And Absolutely. And that's what happens after the fact. You know, with all of these businesses, how do the ideas come about? Specifically, let's talk about ColumbusBlack.com yeah. first. Like, how did that idea come about? So this one actually came about. I had, it's interesting, I had moved to Columbus uh, around 2002, the first time. And I had a number of friends who had offered or introduced me to different business ideas, but none of them really captured my attention. I ended up going on a trip to Dallas, Texas, and a friend of mine had started DallasBlack.com. So she went to Tuskegee University, which is my alma mater, and they had become very intricate in regards to the entertainment scene in Dallas. So they were tied to the Dallas Mavericks, the city of Dallas. They were doing a bunch of great things. And it was an advertising platform. And when my wife, Sherry, and I moved here to Columbus, one of the things for us is, as African-Americans was trying to figure out how to get acclimated to the market. And that was a challenge. If you didn't go to certain churches, if you didn't go to certain stores and get certain newspapers at that time, because keep in mind, all this social media wasn't here then, it was hard to understand what was going on in the city, especially relevant to your culture. 
And that's when I said, I want to do this in Columbus. And she walked me through the entire business model. And 30 days later, guess what? LLC, LLC was established. The website was up. And I was handing out flyers on corners, introducing ColumbusBlack.com to people back in 2005. 2005. Yeah, that was before Twitter and everything else kind Absolutely. of blew up to how it is now. Yeah. You know, isn't it amazing when you have those people in your life that will give you the keys? Yeah, definitely. So you could start driving this in Columbus. Yeah, were you an entrepreneur before this? So not like this, right? So, um, and by the way, shout out to Levita Samuel. She was the founder of, to one of the founders of Dallas Black. So I have to give her that shout out. So no, I was not a, an entrepreneur as you would consider it today. However, my background was is retail. I spent 25 years as a retail executive. So I worked for all the majors. I started my career at Sears. I was on a fast track program. Relocated six times in seven years, all promotions. Then I went to Old Navy with the um, with the Gap with Gap Inc. And then Best Buy owned Musicland Group. So a lot of people remember Sam Goody, Suncoast, and Media Play. Oh, yeah. Talk to me <laughs> about good Sam days, Goody right? all day long. Exactly. Yeah. So I worked for that brand until we went out of business due to digital downloading, right? Technology changed that. Then I worked at Target. So I started at the Polaris. So I used to run the Polaris store years ago. And then I took on a bunch of new roles within Target. So right now people go and they get fresh produce and meats and all those things. I was one of the first five people in the country to help start that initiative around the country for Target. So I did that, went to New York for a couple of years as a group pharmacy leader, and then back here, and I ran the Akron district as a district team leader with Target. And then I wrapped up my career in retail with Dick's Sporting Goods. I used to run the uh, Field and Stream Dick's Sporting Goods and Golf Galaxy stores here in Central Ohio before stepping away 100%. My goodness, that is a wide spectrum of retail experience yeah. at the corporate level. What do you think coming out of that experience helped you as an entrepreneur and how did it help like get that driving force going as yeah. an entrepreneur? Here is the cool part is in those roles, it was entrepreneurial, right? I was literally running the business and leading a team in every one of those capacities. So the foundation had already been built in regards to how to, you know, basically run your business. Um, they gave you a lot of autonomy. So even though there was guidance and direction in regards to the strategy, I played certain roles where I was on a strategic team, but then also on a tactical team to deliver locally in the market. So all of that built my foundation to really understand what it took, right, from a work ethic, from a team standpoint, operational um, uh, organization and structure was all already there foundationally for me. Yeah, I think of that as being an intrapreneur, if you will, yeah. inside an organization. I know now it's a hot word. It wasn't a word in 2005, <laughs> I don't think. Not at all. Think. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, but that's what you basically were explaining. Um, so now your businesses as they exist, you know, ColumbusBlack.com, obviously what we're talking 16 Ten years. years. Yeah. I mean, what has evolved? What has changed? Oh. And, and what has grown out of some of these businesses? So I'm going to give you the short the short and skinny of it, right? So 2005 to 2010, we really built the brand. It took a while to get there, but it, it, it came. But then a recession hit and everything slowed down, including entertainment, right? Yep. Um, right around that time, I ended up relocating. We went to New York for a couple of years. We came back. And by 2013 or so, we were actually winding down Columbus Black because it just wasn't, the business wasn't there. It hadn't picked back up after the recession. Um, but then, guess what? There was a lot of activity, especially around our culture and on TV and actors and actresses and awards. And it was like, oh, hold on, not yet, right? Um, but the relevance with Columbus Black really came, and we had different iterations. The, the, the growth really came around the National Urban League Conference here uh, back in 2018. And then, obviously, last year, in 2020, the viability of Columbus Black really was heightened, right? So if you think about everything we went through with COVID, 
the murder of George Floyd, and then the focus around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then all of a sudden, to everybody who never recognized us, we became very viable. After 15 years of being in business, it's like, there's a need for this, right? So from a recruiting standpoint, because we have a job board, uh, from an advertising and promotion and marketing standpoint, because we're an omni-channel platform. So between our website, email blast, text blast, social media posts, virtual events, we get the word out. You do, We're and, how, and yeah. people can plug into that. They can plug in. By following you guys and Absolutely. being engaged with the website. Yeah. Um, so Mile, yes. LLC, is an entertainment software and lifestyle data analytics company, which yeah. provides certain software solutions. Did that spin off? Did you recognize a need from Columbus Black to create yeah. this? Tell me a little bit about that. So one of the things we learned from Columbus Black was that, you know, the tourism, so Ohio Tourism was utilizing us as a resource back in, that was like 2009, 2008. We found out that a lot of local companies here were using us as a recruiting and retention tool. So they would tell people of color that would come into Columbus, hey, this is how you stay tuned to what's going on in the community. Because people would ask that question, what's going on for me? So as we learned that, um, we started having different conversations with different companies, and we pitched different ideas. So my wife had pitched a concept uh, to one of the companies here, and what they shared with us was like, we really like what y'all are doing, but our our population, right, employee base is, is broader, and we would like to be able to provide this same thing to all of them to get them acclimated when they're here in Columbus. So we said, okay, we've been talking about this for some time. Let's go ahead and think through it. And we came up with some software ideas, and that didn't work at the time. And then apps, guess what? We started this idea when apps first started. That's how long ago it all kicked in. So seven years ago, we finally created um, and founded uh, Mile, which is Make Your Life Entertaining. And you mentioned LLC, but it's evolved up to this point into we're now a C-Corp, Right. So we're incorporated now. We just got VC funded. The business has grown. We're about to scale. And we've evolved into this entertainment software and lifestyle data analytics company. So on the front end, from an entertainment standpoint, when you're looking for things to do, places to go and food to eat, we say just mile it because it's right in the palm of your hand on your device. Just iOS, make your life entertaining. Just make your life entertaining. Right. So, you know, think about it. Everybody asks the questions. What should we do this weekend? Where are we going to eat? And we've been in small cities and we've been in large cities and it's the same thing everywhere you go. So we said, what if we could put it on a platform on your phone and make it easy for you to do that? And that's exactly what we've been able to do. So that's the front end. The yes. back end the, does what? The back end is the data insights, right? So mm -hmm. now as we learn your trends and your patterns about what you like to do, we give you more of that. So on our user interface, which we now call the world's most dynamic entertainment platform, that's what Mile is, we have unique features, including the ability to love an event, like an event, or lose an event, so we can learn what, what's really important to you. You have Uber and Lyft integrated into the platform, wow. and we just launched our patent-pending COVID indicators. So now you understand if masks are required, if temp checks are required, vaccination cards are required, what the capacity is of an event before you go there. But when you get there, you also get to rate safety, density, and wait time of getting into that event. It's so nice to have an option other than the uh, big names that we know. Can yes, I put it that there, way? there are a bunch of big names out there. There's a bunch of big <laughs> names out there. And the fact that you're able to do that for the community, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I feel like, you know, so I have a question for you about yes. building a successful customer base. Mm -hmm. It's hard because it sounds like you were on the edge of innovation. Like you knew you you came before some of these things started to rise up. Yeah. But 
you also were working on your concepts in the midst of pretty meteoric rises by some other apps and platforms. Yes. So given that and the marketing challenges that come with going against larger, yeah. larger organizations, how do you build a successful customer base? Yeah. So that's the thing is it's hard. Right. That's, you know, we talk about entrepreneurship and now you talk about building a customer base. It's really, really hard and it takes consistency and it takes being persistent. Um, You have to have a clear strategy of one, who is your client? Right. Who are you going after? And then in some cases, like in our case, we have a dual client. We have a B2B and a B2C client. Our B2C client is you and I, right? The people that are looking for things to do every week. That's one client. But the other one is really the businesses, the venue owners that actually have their venues that want to promote their venues, the promoters, the event hosts, the tourism bureaus, right? So we work like with Experience Columbus and Discover Atlanta and Visit Orlando and working with all of those different organizations that are trying to attract you to their cities and make sure you have a great time. So it takes a lot of phone calls, a lot of meetings, a lot of follow-up because what I've learned, the, the biggest thing I learned is the sales cycle is so long. And when you step into entrepreneurship, which a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand this when they first start, is that cycle is so long that if you don't have a cushion, as I always say, big businesses will run small businesses out of business because it takes so long to actually close that deal. Even after they say we want to do the deal, it could be six months to eight months before it actually happens. So going after that client marketing uh, from a a target marketing perspective is critically important because you don't want to waste time or money on going after the wrong base, which is why you need to have that target. Mm -hmm. And then you just have to keep going after them. You have to try different things that we call that A-B testing. Some things work, some things don't. Like this ad works, this one doesn't. So you put a little bit on both and then you go heavier on the one that did work. So there's a lot of science behind how you get to that client and the amount of time and energy to closing. A lot of science and a lot of creativity Mm -hmm. behind coming up with new businesses and project ideas where ultimately you're identifying that client. So what is your creative process? Like, I mean, you, you just dropped some really good nuggets about like the sales cycle and developing what I will call those kind of personas, if you will, of your client. But what's your creative process to identify the case, the need for whatever project or initiative it is, it is before you even get to defining? Or maybe it's part hand in hand. So, so here's the, the thing, so we have some creators on our team, right? So Sherry, obviously my co-founder, so she's a she's a creative. So the thing is, it takes a lot of research too, right? Because it's not just like, hey, I got a creative idea, I want to try something. It's digging a little bit and do some research. A good part is she's a great researcher. We have members on our team that are also creative. They have their creative gene. And it's just a combination of those thoughts and those ideas. But then what we did too, especially like with Mile, we did some focus groups and we did it with... And fortunately for me, I had the opportunity to go to a boot camp basically for like a week and really learn from some experts in the business. And it helped us to fund, to target our or identify our target user. Then we did a focus group with that target user, which for us is 24 to 45-year-old females, right? Okay. Why? Because they make a lot of the decisions in regards to entertainment for themselves, their girlfriends, their family, their pets, everything. Like, they make those decisions, right? Nothing yes, against the guys. Do. Right? No, there we you go. Do. Shout out. I'm in, right? I'm in your group. <laughs> so, uh, so with that being the case, and a lot of that, by the way, came from our retail experiences as well, right? We mm-hmm. That's who the, the typical shopper is that spends the dollars for the household. So once you narrow into that, we did a focus group and we listened to them. We put in front of them what we wanted to do and accomplish. 
and they gave us all the feedback. So it helped us to create what they said would work. Now it's about marketing, and we tested all of that. Now it's about marketing to the mass in that demographic, right, to continue to see if they tell us the exact same thing. And so you're defining kind of your concept, your storyline from groups like this who talk mm-hmm. about needs. Absolutely. Talk about what they want to see. Every day. Here's what's interesting. I'll tell you, there's people who have said, why do you need to design an app like that? There's tons of things going on and there's no need. That's a that's like a, a convenience thing, right? It's a luxury. I dare you to sit down in a room with 10 females especially and ask them if it's a luxury or if it's a pain point. And 15 minutes in, I guarantee you, when they're all screaming and yelling about how hard it is to figure out what they're going to do and how much time they put into it and all the planning that goes into it for their families, you understand it's a pain point. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I get it without you even have to having to bring me in as part yeah. of one of your focus groups because sometimes it's like there's too much information on mm-hmm. these more monstrous platforms, if you will, and I can't get to what I really need. Yeah. Or I'm going a million different places in the platform, and I don't know if I'm getting the best information yeah. because of, you know, algorithms and all that good that's stuff. That's right. The good old algorithms. So, <laughs> so with it, I mean, that's a really that's a really great way to look at it. Yeah, I'm sure we all complain a little bit. We squawk a little bit about not having exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So you also have, I mean, I want to talk about this day-to-day schedule that you have. Um <laughs> About keeping focused and motivated. And I want to ask yeah. you that question in regard to some of the other work that we haven't gotten to yet that you yeah. do um, as co-founder of Venture Suite, Color Coded Labs, and the Ohio yeah. Collective. So let's bring that in. What tips and tricks do you have for those listeners and fellow entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. given those other ventures that you have to really keep focused and motivated each and every day? Yeah. So the prioritization piece is critically important in understanding. It's a little bit of an ebb and flow what most people will tell you is that they'll listen to what you just shared and they'll be like, impossible. You can't, you just can't do all those things, right? There's only 24 hours. Right. In it's a only day. 24 hours in a day. And everybody will tell you, like, focus, like one thing and one thing only and focus on that and do it extremely well. I don't disagree with that, right? However, I think that each one of those ventures is at a different phase. Uh-huh. Now, they were all taken, actually, right now, they're all like literally like taken off, but they're at different phases. So my time in regards to what I have to put into certain things varies. And then the teams that are established varies by each one as well. ColumbusBlack.com is the most established. So I have the most support there. But it's also like I can do that with my eyes closed. The model is solid, so it doesn't require a large team. Mile is the startup. We have a actually a larger team for Mile, but that's because we're doing a lot of different things to get going. Venture Suite and Color Coder Labs, we literally have separate teams And as a leader, so I'll pay a leadership role, but we have other people that are helping out. So for me, it's really a thing about prioritizing what's most important, being involved when I need to be involved, leveraging my my team and the rest of the support, the rest of the support and my co-founders so we could divide and conquer certain things. I don't have to be on every call. I don't have to be at every single meeting. And understanding where I need to play and when is the the most important part right now. You know, I've heard leaders of companies say – they prioritize in different ways. I'm thinking of one in particular who happens to be the CEO and founder of Twitter <laughs> who liked to do theme days, you know, one day devoted to product, one day devoted to marketing. That's how he prioritized. Okay. How do you prioritize week yeah. to week? So mine is a little bit different. Mine is by day and time is allocated for each of the priorities 
that I have. So there are certain days where, like, for instance, there's time allocated at the beginning of my schedule for Lloyds of Columbus and Columbus Black, right? There's time allocated for Mile. There's time allocated for Venture Suite, Color Coded Labs. Now, on some of those days, it may be 30 minutes because I know that I don't have to dedicate a lot more. And on some of those days, maybe three hours because I have um, contracts that I need to follow up on or clients I need to work with. So it really varies by day. And then what I've, and what I've worked with, with Tam is there's certain times where it's like I can't have more meetings than this on a day because there's work that needs to be done. The part that, you know, really happened last year with everybody with COVID was we ended up on these virtual meetings all day long, right? All day long, Like yeah. all day. Well, when does the work get done? Amen. <laughs> so it's a situation where you literally, and it's interesting because after one of those days where you're like from eight or nine all the way to eight or nine, you know, you shake your head at the end of the day and say, how did I let that happen? And never can that happen again. And there's a learning, like everything else, you learn from it, you make those adjustments. So now this, I can only have this amount of time for meetings in a day so I can have time to actually do work that needs to be done and follow up and make sure that all happens. So the management of my schedule is critically important where it's almost like every week an assessment of what went well, what didn't go well, and how to make adjustments for the upcoming week to get better and better um, at what we need to get done. So you do kind of an after review. Yes, Yep, I think that's sure critical yeah. to know where you need to, you know, add, mm-hmm. where you need to do, do some delta, as I call it, some yeah. change, right? Um, that's after reviews are extremely important. Definitely. I really believe in those. Who is who is the one entrepreneur that you consider to be your inspiration? And that's a good example. The one entrepreneur that um, is a good example in my inspiration. Wow. That's a really good one. I know you've come there, across a lot of good ones. Yeah, there are a number of good ones. Um, I'm going to tell you one that I really am inspired by. is Mark Kwame. And I'll tell you why. Mark's balance, right? Because we, we hear this whole thing about, like, work-life balance. But while Mark has done a lot of great things and from a business standpoint, he's very focused on his business, he, like, literally has fun. Uh, if you're not like, following Mark on Instagram, you should be. Like, because I think you're going there. So I'm talking about fun, like Does living, like living life. Yes, he races cars all over the world. That's what I thought. I mean, I follow right? him. I don't know him well, but I follow him, and yeah. I'm like, wow. So from snowmobiling to right, and he's an adventurer, right? Like he's like the the most like risky guy that you would ever know. Um, and he literally like has a lot of fun. So when I look at, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, but also the balance with the business, like he's serious about business. He knows what he's talking about. He's all over it. But the amount of fun that he has is like, this is how you want to enjoy your life. Yeah. Do you think while you're not, you know, base jumping or anything along those lines, (laughs) what, how are you incorporating fun into this crazy, busy, prioritized, but crazy, busy schedule? Like if he is inspiration, Sometimes we look at our inspiration, we're like, if I could just get a little bit of that in. Yeah. How are you trying to fit that in? So I am trying to do better at that, right? So I've never been like the super like hobby person. What's interesting about me is even throughout my entire corporate career, it was always odd when they would say, so Kevin, tell us about your hobbies. And I would say, I love to socialize. I'm a social person. I love to go to, and we, I missed all of this last year. Oh. Events yeah. and connecting people, watching people have a good time, smile and laugh. To I mean, the biggest smiles, the the most fun. That's my happiness. 
So I used to host a lot of different events, connect a lot of people. I still connect people all over the world, right? Interact with somebody like, you need to meet this person. That's what I love doing. So for instance, I had a opportunity. I want to I want to segue to something real quick. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we had the opportunity to participate um, at a golf event. It was the Columbus Good Sport Golf Club Association fundraising event in Hilliard, Ohio. Shout out to Samuel Davis. He's one of the founders of this event. And they were donating money to charities. So they raised money for some nonprofit organizations here in Columbus. And we just had a great time to socialize and network. And for us, it was cool because I mentioned Mile, but what I didn't get to tell you about is Extra Mile, which is the nonprofit arm of Mile. And it's designed to expose and educate inner city socioeconomically disadvantaged youth and expose them to entertainment, the arts, and travel. So we were identified as an up-and-coming recipient of this 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 fundraiser for next year. And we got a chance to talk about Mile and Extra Mile yesterday. And it opened up so many doors, but it was the connections, it was the networking. So I was ex- as ecstatic as I could be because that's what I really love to do. And everything we're doing is for the good of our youth, and that's what's really critically important. You weren't at Heritage Golf Club, were you? I was. I drove past you like uh, three or four times yesterday, <laughs> and I said to myself, what is that group that having a lot of us. fun doing? We were waiting for you. Uh, apparently, <laughs> and here fate would have it that we're brought together today that's for how this it works. recording. That's how that's it works. That's pretty wild, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> that's wild. You know, you've you've had many successful businesses that you've created that we've mm-hmm. talked through during this interview. What do you think is your greatest entrepreneurial achievement? What like what are you most proud of? Mm-hmm. Which which child do you like the best <laughs> is basically what I'm saying, or at least that I you're would, most proud of. I would say, um, wow, that's interesting because I'm proud of the, of different children for different reasons. Oh, that's such um, the dad answer too, <laughs> right? Now, I love them. I love them I all love equally. Them all. I love them all equally. So. Um, I think the the one that I'm like I'm super proud of Columbus Black just because we hung in there all those years and to see the viability and to see it continue to grow and the the potential that it still has I'm super proud and then I I have to say mile because it's we're reaching limits we didn't we didn't achieve before right so getting it off the ground as a startup scaling it into different markets um getting funded Right. And then VC funded. So from angels to VC, um, our first Delaware C company. So it's like a situation where seeing that growth, um, that is like what it is. Right. And that's super, super exciting. But I think the balance of what I talked about with Extra Mile is the impact that we'll be able to have on inner city youth Mm -hmm. tied to the the for profit business with the nonprofit will be able to do to change lives. That's the one that, like, you can't help but to love that because that's legacy building and it's going to impact so many people. Changing a community. Yeah. Yeah, truly. Yeah. One of the reasons we have conversations like the one we're having today on CBuzz is because we really believe that continued personal and professional development, one of the most valuable aspects as a leader in business. So before we go, we'd love to hear what's influencing you lately, whether it's a podcast, a book, a show, involvement in some kind of group outside of the things that we've talked about that you're personally doing. Yeah. What are some of those outside influences that really have you, you know, excited and fired up? Outside influences, I think, you know, because of what we're trying to do in the community, just to be very frank, right, where if you look at everything that happened last year, Especially, and it's not that it wasn't happening before, right? But the focus around diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, right? Uh, another one of those buzzwords that's popping up is, 
we recognize as a, as a country, right, we're very, very divided. But the thing about it is, is that socioeconomically, we have been divided for a very, very long time. And when I look at the work that we're doing um, and the impact that it could have on those that don't have, that's the part that motivates me because I'm seeing how clear last year really showed us, right? When you look at the health disparities, right? And with COVID and the impact, and you look at the financial situation, especially even with stimulus packages and things like that, and look at how it has totally disrupted our entire economy and how people work. You think about the gig economy and the fact that people don't even want to work, you know, one job anymore. They'd rather work three or four jobs just to have the flexibility and the fluidity to do what they want to do, right? They want that autonomy. They want that freedom. They want that that peace. Um, so for me, just looking at how everything has evolved, that's kind of influencing me and my team to make sure we have an, an impact on those who really need us the most. Is there something that you read or heard that you would encourage our listenership to seek out in that area? Is there anything that really had an impact on you or on your researcher that you were talking about earlier as well. Okay. So this is going to be, and don't look at it as a shameless plug, but I'll tell you what had the most impact is, so Derek Grasso, right, with CYP Club, uh, reached out to me when everything started happening last year. And we started hosting a series of discussions around what was going on in our community, right? Not just here, but nationally. And all of this can be found on on his on either his website or on his Facebook page, right? Columbus Young Professionals, CYP. Club. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the discussions that we had and the people that we brought in as panelists is what was probably the the centerpiece of kind of the fuel to do the work that we're doing and take it to that next level. Um, there were some heavy messages that were dropped, and then we had a lot of DEI experts on some of those conversations as well, and a lot of community leaders. And the personal stories that were shared and the needs that exist, that to me, and like to be a uh, basically a facilitator of those discussions, just had an impact that I don't think will ever leave me. Um, be, especially because of it was happening right in the midst of the height of everything. And to this day, like, so for instance, with our newsletter on Columbus Black, we kept those stories on there for months upon months because there was something like, I think, 50,000 or 60,000 people actually watched those videos from these discussions all around the country. And then Derek would fill me in, but companies would reach out to him and let them know that they were actually showing the presentations that we facilitated to their entire teams. Wow. And the impact that that was having. So for me, it was literally being a part of that, that feud. So versus saying, hey, I heard somebody else talk about this. I actually was a part of and had all these other experts that literally dropped all these gems and these nuggets and these, I mean, these heart-wrenching stories with us firsthand. Definite good group to be involved with and and to have done all that you've done with. So not a shameless plug. Important to let people know about it because they still exist out there. I know that. Well, Kevin, thanks for taking the time to share your story with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. For our listeners, if you want to learn more about all of Kevin's endeavors, please visit columbusblack.com and check out his other businesses as well. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to let us know by sharing your ratings and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you may be listening. Your reviews help people find our show and hear our community stories like Kevin's today. We read your feedback and we value your ideas as we plan for future episodes. I'm Michaela Hunt, your host for CBuzz, and we will talk to you soon.